Welcome back to Travolta, covering Be Cool. Enjoy the episode. Ah, sequels. You hate them. You hate them. Sometimes you got to do it the studio way, you know? But they always suck, you know? They're always awful. Especially when the PG-13 to an R-rated movie. And you can only use the F-bomb once. Fuck, that's not good. <laughs> well, welcome, folks. Welcome, to our welcome, cool. welcome, welcome. That's right. We are being cool this week with a 2005 sequel to Get Shorty. Um, Stuart's favorite movie we've ever covered. I mean, let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, Get Shorty was all right. I and I thought it was a movie that I can understand would appeal to some folks. Me. To you, yes. Uh, it just it didn't quite do that for me, personally. So how did you feel when you knew we were going to be talking about a sequel to it? Uh, I was not excited. I was not, mm-hmm. I was not that enthused, should I say. Um, but, you know, we, we've talked about that. John Travolta is kind of in his retreat period right yeah. now. Yeah. This movie, like on paper, sounds like the best retreat movie yeah. you could possibly do. Not only, ladies and gentlemen, mm. is he doing a sequel to Get Shorty A. Would you? I had a, I had a hard time, like, because I didn't really research Get Shorty for this, but like, Get Shorty was like a pretty good critical success, and then like, wow, everybody. Oh, it was a huge success. Oh, really? Was it a huge box office success? Get Shorty uh, made $115 million on a $30 million budget. That's pretty good, yeah. And it has an 88 on Rotten Tomatoes still. So, like, it's a good... It's objectively, like, for critics and good portion of audiences, a good movie. And it got Travolta a Golden Globe nomination. Yeah. Movie... Bless you. Thank you. And the movie itself got a Golden Globe nomination. He's vaccinated, folks, with I the booster. I am boosted. <laughs> we are all boosted. Yes. I'm boosted, too. Oh, cool. Yeah. I love getting boosted. Me too. Yeah. You, know, you know who else is boosted in this movie? You know what movie could have used a boost? Uh, be cool. Be cool. <laughs> uh, because that is right, folks. Uh, as Stuart was saying, not only is this a sequel to Get Shorty, one of Travolta's early or mid-stage re- resurrection films. Yeah, it came almost right after Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it is also somewhat a sequel to Pulp Fiction. Yes, it in is. In the sense that it is a reunion of John Travolta and Uma Thurman. You almost said Mia. I almost said Mia. Yeah. Uma Thurman. Yeah. So on paper, this sounds like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, this has to work. Like, this seems like a, this is a logical idea. Yes. Uh, But of course. It runs into some problems. It runs into some problems. Yeah. So Uh, we're going to talk about those problems. This is based on a book. Yeah. After the success of Get Shorty, the film, um, Elmer Leonard, who had written Get Shorty, went back and wrote a sequel to it called Be Cool uh, about Chili Palmer segueing from the film industry into the music industry. Uh, the book was so much better. The book was a moderate success, whatnot. Yeah. But, you know, after that, it's a similar situation to The Lost World, mm-hmm. where Jurassic Park was such a huge success. Yeah. That inspired Michael Crichton to go back and write a sequel to the book. Right. So that Spielberg could make a sequel to the movie. Gotcha. Just like that, they wrote a sequel to Get Shorty so they can make a sequel to the movie. 
Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I was I was a little bit confused about that when they said this was another novel adaptation. Yeah. I thought, wait, wasn't Get Shorty based yeah. on? But when you say it's about basically a yeah. lost world situation, it makes sense. And so this, um, you know, books written in 1999 comes out then, and immediately like a film gets put into production or into development. Yeah, uh, Travolta's pretty much locked in from the beginning to return as Chili Palmer. Um, Barry Sonnenfeld originally is going to come back to direct this as yeah. he did with Get Shorty. But it just starts taking a while. Travolta gets wrapped up into Battlefield Earth. He gets wrapped up into other movies. They never get a script that they like. Sonnefeld eventually drops out. Who did they jump to next? F. Gre- well, Gary. Oh. First. Oh, sorry. First, they go to um, possibly America's worst director. <laughs> oh, God. Brett Ratner. Oh, no. Uh, originally, Brett Ratner is set to direct this movie. <laughs> Um, he of fame of Red Dragon, X-Men The Last Stand, and uh, the movie where the rock yells Hercules. <sighs> yeah, um, Brett Ratner. The less said about Brett Ratner, the better. Uh, man of a lot of sexual assault allegations. Really? Yes. Well. But um, anyway, thankfully Brett Ratner does not direct this movie. Instead, they hire F. Gary Gray. Uh, yeah, which, I mean... I wrote down because he's a little bit of an interesting case study. Before Mm. this, before Be Cool, he's known for mostly music videos and... Friday. What? He he directed Friday was his uh, film debut. Well, but is he known for Friday? Friday was huge. Was it? It was the Ice Cube Chris Tucker movie. Oh, I didn't watch Friday. Well, Friday was... I wrote down music videos and the Italian job. Mm-hmm. The, that's main thing that I kind of knew him. Well, yeah, he he started out with Friday, um, which was a huge success at the time. Yeah, uh, it was kind of the first. It was in a wave of films that started like portraying like uh, Black America in a like a natural, authentic light. Yeah, instead of you know a white director coming and doing it, this was a black director telling a story about Black America. Right, and so it was fairly revolutionary for the time in the age of films like Do the Right Thing. He goes on to direct a few movies that don't exist, <laughs> but eventually yeah. he does The Italian Job. The Italian Job. Which, massive success. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing The Italian Job when I was like six. I remember <laughs> seeing it. Yeah. Um, so then he does this movie, and something to point out, though, we'll talk about this movie, but to stay on the thread of F. Gary Gray, after this, he takes a f- few years off. Comes back and does law-abiding citizen. <laughs> you know that movie where Gerard Butler butchers a guy, yeah, and like the most torturous way possible. Yeah, he this guy, the same guy who did Be Cool, does law-abiding citizen. He takes another few years off after that. Then he does Straight Out of Compton, Straight Out of Compton, which is another huge success. Yeah, he's kind of going back to his roots of the Friday era. Right, he even cast Ice Cube's son as Ice Cube, and his career started with Ice Cube. And then he does your favorite movie of all time. The Fate. No, I, it's my least favorite of the Fast and Furious. It's his favorite one of the entire the fate, franchise. He does The Fate of the Furious. He does Fate of the Furious, which I've okay, not seen Fate segue, of the Furious. Segway, segue, segue. The Fate of the Furious is spelled The Fate of the Furious. Okay. It's the eighth movie in the franchise. It yeah. should be The fate, fate, F8 of the Furious. And I am furious that they don't do it there's a few posters where it just says f8 like fate yeah but i'm like why aren't you why is that not the title of the movie right the fate of the furious god damn they really missed the they really butchered it where does fate rank in the it's the worst nine the nine plus a spinoff nine plus a spinoff it's the worst one the worst really 
Yes, it's the worst. Too Fast, one. Too Furious is Too Fast, Too Furious is pretty good. It's better than Fast Five, Six. I don't know. What's like? What would you say is the second worst? Give me some context. I only I can bring up my ranking. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's just because I've seen Fast One up until I is Fast Six the one where. Uh, what's Dominic's girlfriend who they thought died and comes back to life? Uh, is that Letty? Fast? Yeah, is that Fast Six? Okay, so okay, I think that's Fast Six. Fate of the Furious is actually not the worst one. The real worst one is Fast and Furious, the fourth one. Oh, what happened in Fast and Furious? Fast and Furious is the one that reunites uh Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. Reunite because they because like they're in the they fr- did too fast, which that's just Paul Walker. It's just no Paul Vin Walker Diesel, with Vin Tyrese, Diesel. and then they did Tokyo Drift, yeah. which is none of them. Except with Vin, the, Vin, Vin Diesel, Diesel cameo at the, very end. at the end. Fast, the Fast and the Furious. The fourth one is the. Re-team. It's just Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Yeah, that's the one that reunites them, uh, and they go to Mexico and do a heist and rip off uh, Jorge Ortiz. Huh. See, like this is why I have no like earning mm-hmm. to like rewatch any of these movies. Oh, you should watch you should do what I did this year before the ninth one came out. I watched all eight of them in a two day period of time. It was That sounds horrid. Insane. That sounds horrid. It was insane. But Jeff, I'm gonna stay cool about this. You're gonna be cool. And we're gonna talk about the movie Be yes. Cool. F. Gary Gray's okay. most recent film after Fate of the Fierce is he did Men in Black International and he has not been heard from since. <laughs> Which Men in Black International wasn't that long ago. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. So you know, he might be. He might have some stuff cooking in the oven. Mm-hmm. You know, was I don't remember uh, Men in Black Three International. Was it okay or good? Men in Black International was supposedly very bad. I did not see it. I saw it. You but, saw an International? Interesting. And it feel. I know it feels like it's only two years ago, but it felt like a movie I saw five years yeah. ago because I don't really remember much about it, which might be a testament to it. And it's funny because Will had... Smith goes back in time and meets. Oh, the that's young Men, that's Agent Men in Black Cat. Three. That's 2012. Barry Sonnenfeld. Direct- uh, Barry Sonnenfeld, the director of Get Shorty. This directed is that the one. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, the Chris Hemsworth Tessa and, Thompson one. Uh, then this I have not seen. Yeah, I've not seen either. I, have I don't, not seen I don't think one. anyone saw this one. So I stand corrected. But um, that's F. Gary Gray's most recent film. God. Barry Sonnenfeld did all three of the original. I literally wrote MIB3 in my notes oh thinking my. that. <laughs> I my, totally MIB4. 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 Okay. So that, that's F. Gary Gray. Um, a, a bit of a. He's not a hard sell for the movie like this, I would say, right? No. And he got kind of bullied by the studio on this one. Right. Because it wasn't the R rating joke that they have at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. That's a testament to like something that actually kind of happened yeah, in this the, film. But. Very shortly before production began, the um, the studio changed this from an R-rated comedy to a PG-13 comedy. What was Get Shorty? I believe Get Shorty was R. Uh, but this is such an early 2000s move, though, isn't yeah. it? To like, oh, this R-rated first movie did really well. What can we do to make, make the second movie? Make a PG-13 sequel. Make a PG-13 sequel. No. Like Alien versus Predator. What the fuck, Fox? Like What Hold on. Tangent. Yes. <laughs> I need to go on this. You went into your tangent about Fate of the Furious. Yeah. I need to go on my tangent about Alien vs. Predator. So, all of the movies that predated this movie, all of the Alien movies, Aliens 1 through 3, because Alien 4 Resurrection came out after before. ADP. It all did come four, out before? All four Aliens, that, or the original, all the four Sigourney Weaver Aliens. Came out before AVP, came, and they were all rated R. And the first two Predators had come out And the first two that. Predator movies had already come out for this, and they yes. were all rated R. So we're going to put two of these box office franchises, which 
Predator was Predator really ever a box office hit franchise? Not really as much as Alien. I think the though. first one was a big success. First one was probably big, and the second one, when they go to L.A., I think it was kind of okay. But both of these franchises, heavy blood, R-rated gore, the Predators literally skin people alive. Yeah. We're going to make it PG-13. The kids love these things, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> and then they made, like, an unrated version. Well, here's the thing, is that Alien vs. Predator, you're like, why would they do that? And then I direct your attention to the movie making $178 million and getting a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> well, what were its ratings? No, not good, but it got a sequel. Yeah, Alien vs. Predator Requiem, an abomination, just like <laughs> the monster that it creates. <laughs> a horrible movie. They nuke the town. Although that is, there is one element in AVP Requiem that was kind of cool, which was the idea of Xenomorphs taking over a Midwest town. Mm-hmm. That I, I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that shit. Mm. I kind of like that shit. What if the Devil's Reign, but with Xenomorphs? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Anyway. Anyway. And then Be they cool. came out with Predator. Or Predators. Predators. And then they came out with The Predator. Yes, which is kind of good. Everyone that, always... That's a Shane Black one, right? It's a Shane Black movie, and it's a complete mess, but I, it's kind of good. I don't really remember it, though. I know that I know they have the big, juiced-up, yeah. you know, Dolph Lundgren like, Predator. The, the movie <laughs> completely falls apart because there's a lot of studio interference. But the moments where, like, Shane Black comes out of that movie... It's cooking. Yeah. It's cooking. Okay. I, I should just take your word. Yeah. Predators with Adrian Brody. And Lawrence uh, Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> and who's the guy that was in the 70s show? What the fuck's his name? Uh, uh, he was also in Black Klansman as David Duke. Oh, Come Topher on. Grace. Co- Topher Grace. He was, he's in it. He's in Predators. He's in the Predators. <laughs> I'm looking up. Who else is in Predators? Uh, it's, it's Adrian Brody, Alice Braga, Danny Trejo, <laughs> Danny Trejo, <laughs> Walton Goggins, yeah, Mahershala Ali. <laughs> oh, I forgot Mahershala Ali was in that. Oh my god! They have a samurai fight a predator and win. Oh yeah, they do. Well, I mean, he dies too. It's sort of a draw, but he yeah. still kind of wins. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Kind of cool. It, have you ever seen a uh, Jason X? The more Jason goes to space. Yes. Can we talk about the best moment in that movie? Because you were talking about the samurai sword really Where he me kicks that. the lady robot's head off and she's still alive. Oh, no, that's pretty good, too. But, like, um, <laughs> there's the part... The simulator scene? No, it's the part in Jason X where I cannot remember the, the guy's name, but it's, like, the captain of the ship. You do remember the simulator scene, though, right? Yes, I I, I remember. <laughs> um, the uh, What's the actor's name? Whatever it is. He's, like, the like the tough guy. Uh, is, the character's name is Elijah Brodsky. Uh, and he's like the cat. also just real quick timeout. I'm just gonna address the audience now. It's really cold in Chicago, so we're gonna keep Jeff's heat on. So if you hear that in the background, just be gentle with yeah. us. That's it. Continue. Um, and he like he comes up to like he's fighting Jason, and Jason stabs him in the chest. And the guy looks at him. He's like, "It's gonna take more than one prick in the chest to put this old dog down." So Jason pulls the knife out and stabs him a second time. And the guy's like, "That'll do it." <laughs> and then he dies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. It's the best. It is the best. You got to uh, love the Jason movies for what they are. Yeah. Anyway, w- I just had to get that out. We on it back. So this movie. So uh, be cool. Be cool. Um, written in as an R-rated movie. Shortly before production changed to PG-13. Yeah. And F. Gary Gray blames that for the reason the movie's bad. And I say, hold up. Hold up. Because. Hold up. Here's the thing. Raji, 
<laughs> like whether your movie's PG thirteen or R, um, I think its quality is going to be determined by the quality of the characters, the quality of the story, and the quality of the filmmaking. Like it may it not having an R rating maybe take some good jokes out, but that's not going to make it a good movie or a bad movie. Like if you take some movies that were R in a franchise where it's mostly PG, like you take the wolf, like Wolverine. Logan, yeah. Logan, Logan's an R rated movie. I think that's a benefit to it. If you make that PG thirteen, I think that movie would still work. Would it be less appealing sometimes? It's a little controversial, Jeff. Would it like it would like he couldn't say fuck and they couldn't show as much blood, but the basic spine of the story there is good, and the movie could work with that story. I can already hear the fanboys typing at their keyboards like, but the gritty realism, bro. <laughs> we need Xavier saying, fuck off, Logan. And I agree that stuff is good, and it helps the movie, but the movie itself would still work if it was PG-13. I don't necessarily disagree. Um, anyway, I'm just trying to say F. Gary Gray needs a better excuse than they made my movie PG-13, so thereby it is not good. Yeah, because I don't think that's an excuse. I definitely don't buy it for this movie. That's not an excuse. Because Get Shorty is like, yeah, it's R, but it's hardly R. Yeah, <gasps> they just say a couple f bombs, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I mean, is there any more context that you have, Jeff, for this movie? No, I mean, it's we're just right at this point where Travolta's. Do, this is his basically last uh, a cling and attempt for a to be accepted back. Um, he's really pulling out all the stops, making this a sequel to Get Shorty and bring Uma Thurman back into it. I know, I know we have a, a film after this, which is kind of a flyby, but like, get it, flyby? Yeah. Uh, but what's after that one? Uh, we have Lonely Hearts, Wild Hogs, Hairspray, and Bolt, and that pretty much is what's ending so our A-list era. we are on the final stretch of his yeah. A-list era. That, and Bolt's pretty much the last one where it's like, it's a movie star role for him, and then he starts settling into second billings and low quality red box action movies huh yeah we're getting there but this is like this movie is the key essence of clawing his way back yes like if like reaching with sam jackson didn't work if um like he specifically brought uma into this movie because he's like i gotta recapture that energy yeah if like uh he's very he like this this movie is just him trying to recapture 1994 Oh, 100%. bringing her back. He's bringing a sequel back. Yeah, he even brings some of his old friends from the '90s back. James Woods pops up in this movie. Yeah. Robert Pastorelli pops up yeah. in this movie. This is his last movie, by yeah, the way. Yeah, he died during production of this. Yeah, um, who also has some allegations against him, which were mm-hmm. a little weird. Yeah. Uh, but it's almost like, yeah, like John Travolta, in some sense, it's like, okay, the reteaming with Sam Jackson in 2003 didn't work with Basic. Uh, the you know, passing off the torch as the mentor figure in a drama with a very up-and-coming actor didn't work, Ladder mm. 49. Uh, the uh, Oscar bait uh, movie with an up-and-coming Oscar-winning actress. actress did not work. Uh, going back to my villain action roots didn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, He's tried everything and none of it's sticking. And, and this honestly is like probably, I mean, what... If you were in John Travolta's shoes and this movie doesn't work, what would be your next try? Like, you know what I would try? I would do a musical. And he does. And it kind of ends his career. <laughs> uh, even though the movie is good. But we'll talk about that in a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, so before we go in, I mean, I think something that I think is good that we've been doing lately is just kind of giving like our overall thoughts at the beginning end of it. Mm-hmm. Just sort of guide our conversation. Yeah. How did just 
five words or less. What were your thoughts on this movie? Uh, I'm going to use more than five. Uh, but Be Cool is a movie that feels very much made for me. Yes. Uh, I was literally thinking of that same thing, too. But it's not good. Because Get Shorty good. was made was for a you. Movie that's, Get Shorty is a movie that features a five-minute scene in which Gene Hackman tries to justify what else a noise in his house could be so he doesn't have to get out of bed, which is like precisely my brand of humor. Yeah. And this movie is just such a like Walmart brand version of that. Yeah. It's a pretty it's, good description. It does a lot of the same riffs as Get Shorty, but none of it works. It tries to add... Well, I shouldn't say none. There are some good bits in this, but... There are some good bits, but a lot of it tries to just... It tries to pull the self-aware yeah. joke, which they do a little bit in Get Shorty, but this one's just hand over fist self-awareness of it. Mm-hmm. And they do it so quickly in the opening, like five minutes, that it's sort yeah. of like... It numbs you for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Which... With that being said, should we jump right into the plot, Jeff? Let's jump into it. So, ten years later, we're yeah. catching up with our good friend Chili Palmer. Chili Palmer, he's successful movie producer now. Yes, but he's becoming a little disillusioned with the industry. He's just been forced to make a sequel to Get Leo called Get, Get Lost. Lost. Get Leo being his, because Get Shorty is a movie about the making of Get Shorty. Yeah, um, which is very funny. Except in that, they call it Get Leo at the end. And he's just been forced to make a sequel, and he's not happy about it. Right. And he, there's a lot. This movie calls it shot with the sequel lines. We've talked about this before. I can't remember with what movie. It was X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, I know we talked about with that, but what was the conversation that inspired that? Oh, Swordfish. Oh, because it was like the, the opening where the he's d- like do- Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, where John Trolls is just like explaining why this movie isn't going to go the way you expect, and then it goes the way you'd expect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he, he's in a car with James Woods, yes. who's playing Tommy, who is a music producer. Yes. So it's like Tommy Athens. You have Tommy Athens, the big old movie producer in LA, and then you have Chili Palmer, the big old movie producer yeah. in LA. And the two are going driving down in LA. Yeah. And Chili's telling Tommy about how he's thinking about getting out of the movie business. He was also into the sequel. That's when we get the F-bomb joke. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and they made it PG-13, and, like, you know that thing with PG-13 movies? You're only given one use of the F-bomb. And honestly, I say, fuck that. I'm done. Yeah, and then they never use an F-bomb. They never use that an is again. a good bit. I like that. I rolled my eyes at that point. That bit. is a good bit. I rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Like the fact, like if you're gonna be forced to make your movie PG thirteen, that's a good bit to do at the beginning, where he's where he wastes the fuck within the first minute of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I put I wrote down full of zingers. Uh, so he wants out of the movie business. James Woods pitches him a movie. Yeah, like they stop at like a coffee shop or something, and like he he starts pitching him this movie. Yeah, I'm gonna make it about me. Yeah, Tommy's like we're gonna make a movie about me. Yeah, he's a music producer. He's like, I don't know, man. And Travolta's <laughs> Chili Palmer goes, I couldn't convince your mother to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then Travolta steps away for a second. Then a car pulls up. The Russian mafia, a Russian get mafia gets out and goes, Dos Vidania, Mr. Athens. And then they shoot Tommy. Yeah. James and, Woods gets murdered. And then Chili Palmer, Travolta walks up and sees all this happen. Yeah. The guy pulls, like, aims his gun at Chili Palmer. Who and Chili Palmer, like, I will say the one thing I will say about John Travolta this movie, I won't say that he's acting very well, but he's doing Chili Palmer very yes. well. He's he's back to Chili Palmer. Yes, if you had watched Get Shorty and then watch Be Cool right after without the ten year gap, 
it's almost like he yeah. hopped onto this role right afterwards because mm. it's very similar. Like yeah. he never cracks under pressure. He's never like scared or nervous or anything. Like you, yeah. this guy's like po- pointing a gun in his head and then click and then he's out of ammo and then he just gets in his car and leaves. Yeah. And my thought is there's a lot of moments like this in the movie and there's a lot of moments like this in Get Shorty where it's like just take them with you. Like drag him in the car. Mm-hmm. like kidnap him or beat him to death or does another henchman have a gun yeah but no he points a gun he's out of ammo he's like hmm and he gets in his car and leaves yeah so. i mean they're not there for chili and it's gonna but that's their downfall is that the uh is that they let chili live actually the russian mafia gets out of this movie pretty good do they they actually do at the end <laughs> don't they get arrested or is that Nick? That's just that, Nick. That's just Nick. Because the Ru- Harvey Keitel. Yeah, the Russian mob. I mean, a few of them get whacked, but they, for the most part, make it out of this movie. Okay. Huh. Okay. And a few do get killed, but. Yeah, I mean, and the. Okay, so the Russian guy. mafia gets out of this okay at best. They get, we get out of it okay. I take back some of that. Yeah. So. But we cut to Chili talking to the cops right afterwards. Yeah, he's talking to the cops. And they're like, how do you know he was wearing a toupee? And he's like, Stevie Wonder could have told you that he was wearing a toupee. <laughs> Um, and then I've just all these bits, man, that you're laughing at. I'm like, and they're oh. like, "What are you?" Uh, and they're like, "What were you guys talking about?" Because you're obviously a member of Suspicion because you have mob connections. Yeah, he was a Shylock. Everyone knows yeah. that. And uh, Julie says, uh, "We were just talking. He wants me to make a movie out of his life. I don't know how I can do it when the ending was just you getting whacked." Well, he says, like, I don't know how I can make a movie when the protagonist gets killed in the opening act. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he says something like, "What a that's a poor ending to the movie. And someone says, it's not a bad opening scene, though. Yeah. Because it's the opening scene of this movie. Hey, Stuart. I, yeah. Stuart, I, I, I know, Jeff. I know, Jeff. Like, yeah, that's funny. Ha, that's, okay. Ha, th- ha, that's ha. when I was like, is this movie going to be kind of good? It is not. But. It is not. Um. Yeah, I'm interested to see what that turning point was for you. So the uh, he calls his car company and he says, "I need new Cadillac because his car got shot up." Uh, they are able to get him <laughs> an energy efficient. What did he mean, a Pontiac or something? It's like a Volvo, I think. Like a Volvo. Yeah. And uh, he's like, "What is this?" And they're like, "It's the Cadillac of vol- of uh, energy efficient vehicles." Because <sighs> you know, the first one is the Cadillac of minivans. Yeah. Uh, so he gets in his little Volvo and drives away. On the way to where he's going, he sees a, a giant billboard for Tom Hanks in Mr. Lovejoy. <laughs> uh, and it says, produced by Harry Zim, who was Gene Hackman from the first movie, which is a good little callback. Yeah, who was not in this movie. No, Gene Hackman had pretty much about retired from acting at this point. Oh, yeah. He retired uh, right around this time. So he probably said no to this movie. Is this where we get to Danny DeVito? Yes, because he goes to a club that night. Oh, he, he was told by Martin, uh, the James Woods character, not Martin, uh, Tommy, that um, there's this young up-and-coming artist he wants Chili to meet and maybe put her in a movie. Because he's like, she can be something big. And so, and respect to his dead friend's last wishes. Right. Uh, Chili goes to this club that she's performing at. And that's where he meets Linda. Yeah, well, first he meets Martin Weir coming out of the bar. Uh Danny DeVito's character. Oh, right, yeah. Who's just like, Chili, is that your, is that your ride? And he's like, yes, yeah, a Cadillac of Volvos, or whatever it is. Yeah. And Danny feels like, hey, you know, I'm going to be playing Johnny Cash pretty soon. Yeah. He's like, isn't that a little, little height disparity there yeah. or something? And he 
says something like, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter. Oh, we're stilts or something. Yeah. Danny V is only in this movie. Lower angles, you know? He's Oh, yeah, lower angles. That's what he says. Danny V is only in this movie because he produced this movie. And this is the only scene he's really in. He pops up twice more. Oh, really? Randomly. Like, oh. he's he's at the Staples Center for the, the Lakers game. Oh, yeah. He's kind of playing a Jack Nicholson riff in this movie. Kind of. Because, like, he's an actor who loves the Lakers. He was always wearing the sunglasses, partying around town. Oh, God. You loved that, didn't you? I do kind of like that uh, in this movie. He's yeah. playing Jack Nicholson. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so that's when he walks into the club, mm-hmm. and there's a performance going on. This yeah. is when we see Linda and the other two girls that are performing And they're just the called song. The Chicks. The Chicks. Not the Dixie Chicks, just The Chicks. The Chicks. It's a great name. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's Linda Moon is her name. Yeah, she's the main singer of this group. Mm-hmm. And Chili watches her performance, and, I mean, she's good. She's yeah. a good singer, good performer. Yeah. Anyone out of Hollywood could have done it. But he basically says, he's basically like, she's the star of the other two. Yeah. Yeah. So he talks to Linda about getting out and joining the the record label that yeah. Tommy was in charge of. And she's like, well, I can't. I'm under contract with Nikki Ka. And he's like, and, and we'll find out who And Nikki, Raji. And Raji. And, we, and, and this is the scene when we, and, when Linda turns oh around and points, to, and points to Raji. <laughs> Who's Raji, Jeff? Um, Raji is played by Vince, Vince Vaughn. Vaughn. <laughs> and Raji's whole bit is that, and to the listener home, I am not joking with this. <laughs> Raji thinks he's black. <laughs> And is not because it's clearly Vince Vaughn. So, like, he's not doing blackface, mm-hmm. but he's doing black voice. He's doing black voice, mm-hmm. and like, this is why did he not get canceled for this? <laughs> this, this is, is horrible. This this, this performance is, is a functional violation of the Geneva Convention. <laughs> this is worse than white man's burden. <laughs> <laughs> this makes white man's burn look like Shakespeare. Is what Vince Vaughn's doing in this movie? Yeah. I can't even like replicate what it is. Mm. I don't even want Vince to try. Vince acts like he's from the hood. He wears a pimp hat. Uh, he talks with a voice and yeah. with dialect and yes. with slang and jargon. Uh, and he's just, I'm not going to do the voice, but he's telling uh, Travolta. And, you tired? Yeah. Um, but he's telling Travolta, Chili, and Linda, like, you can't get out of my contract. It's Travolta. And Chili just says, she's out of her contract. Deal with it. So then Raji sends his bodyguard to go beat up Chili. Elliot. Who, who's, Elliot. Who's um, Elliot? Who, as the Wikipedia says, a, is a gay Samoan bodyguard named Elliot, played by Dwayne, Dwayne the, the Rock, Rock Johnson, Johnson, wearing quite the hair, <laughs> hair piece and quite the fake mustache. Shall we cut to the hair raking? Oh, are we right? <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson? <laughs> well... I'm gonna give him his own little call. Okay. Because holy fuck. Right. Let's let's go to the hair rank. Cue the music. Welcome to the hair ranking. All right, we're going to do two rankings here. But yeah. I'm not going to put Dwayne the Rock Johnson in the Travolting list. He's just going to get his own list. Mm. It's called. John Travolta movies with Dwayne The Rock Johnson in it. Number one, be cool. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's the only Dwayne The Rock Johnson movie we're ever going to get with John Travolta in it. Yes. So 
So it's the number one hairdo by by The Rock in a John Travolta movie. Uh, This move now, I I can already tell you where Be Cool is going to go for Travolta. It's going to go above Domestic Disturbance, below Swordfish. Whoa, where it's in in the top ten. Yeah, because like I said, uh, in terms of Travolta's ability to replay Chili Palmer, he does it very well, and that's replicated in his look. Yeah, his hairstyle is very similar. He's got that slick back hair. And it looks pretty good on him in his age. Mm-hmm. So I, I I like it. Yeah. I think it might be a little bit lower than Get Shorty. Get Shorty's like probably what, number nine or number eight or whatever. Mm. And this one's like maybe number 11 or some shit like yeah. that. So like it's I, it's a little bit lower than Get Shorty because it's a repetition of the same thing. I don't put it above Swordfish, but it's still quite up there, I think. Mm. So yeah, put it, that's that's where I feel pretty good about it. So that's the hair ranking. Uh, yeah, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, the hair, the beard, all yeah. in his glory. But yeah, he plays a very flamboyant bodyguard Bo- Bo- Simone bodyguard yeah who uh doesn't like being a bodyguard he wants to get into acting and he tells Chili this and he's, yeah. he's trying to like he like confronts him but then when he finds out Chili is like the movie producer he tries to like sweet talk him and he's like yeah. hey I can do this thing with my eyebrow and then he does the rock eyebrow yeah. thing yeah. <laughs> where he like raises the one eyebrow yeah. like you know if you've ever watched any WWE footage of, Dwayne, yeah. of the rock it's like when he like, do you smell what the rock is cooking and then he does the eyebrow have thing. you seen the video of the rock just yelling sit down bitch <laughs> and the whole crowd like Cause, yeah oh no i've not seen it uh it's it's very funny oh i'm sure this is. is this is back when people were like the Rock, you know, he could be a he could be a good screen presence instead of the biggest actor in the world that he is right now. I love all the jokes that Raji says against Elliot, where it's like you'll never be a movie star yeah. or anything, and then meanwhile he's probably the most bankable movie bankable star. movie star. I'm getting a little sick of Dwayne, though. I gotta say. No, I agree. And I was talking to my roommates about this. It's like, would you put Dwayne the Rock Johnson in like movie star status with like Tom Cruise or Leo? Only in the sense, I'm not talking about talent. Yeah. Not talking about talent. I'm just talking about bankability. Yeah. Like the name brings in dollars. Would you put him, because Le- Le- DiCaprio brings in dollars for his name. Yeah. Cruz brings in dollars for his name. Would you put Johnson in that same category? Because I think he's still there. Yeah. Nowadays he is. Yeah. But I'm, I'm like, I, I can't tell you the last time I enjoyed a rock movie or a rock performance. Moana? Probably Moana, honestly. I mean, he was okay in Jumanji. He's good the in the first one. The, I didn't the, see the, the second the, one. The second Jumanji, the first of the new ones. Because they are a sequel to the Robin Williams movie. Yeah, right. It's like Jumanji 2, but also really Jumanji The one. first new Jumanji. Yes. A movie that Which, I didn't really like that much, but he's fine in that. The Robin Williams one was always, will always be on top. Yeah. We know. All right, Robin Williams. Um. Okay, um, so yeah, and then Travolta does the throat punch thing to Elliot and then tells him, like, hey, I'll call you for an audition sometime, mm-hmm. and then leaves. Chili Palmer does a great job of not getting his ass kicked in this yes. movie. It's Consistently finds ways around things. I He's don't... playing all the sides against each other. I just wanted to see him get punched one time for my own mm-hmm. sanity. For your own sanity? Just once. Seeing this guy get through everything thrown at him mm. with the minimal effort. Minimal effort. Mm-hmm. So it's at this point he goes to Tommy's house. Yeah. And sees his widow. Yes. Edie. Edie. Athens. I, I thought Eddie for a second. But it's Edie played by Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. Okay. Uh, before we talk about Uma, I want to talk about a very weird thing I noticed in this scene. When he first enters her house. So when she's sunbathing kind of. Yeah. Before that even. 
Like he walks in through like a sliding glass door. Yeah. This movie has the strangest focus issue I've ever seen. I think it's, I know what you're talking he, about. Like, it's this kind of tracking dolly shot of yeah. him walking through a sliding glass door and walking towards him. The like the plant life on the hill behind the house is all in focus this whole time. He is soft the entire time, and he gets softer as he walks towards the camera. It's like they, they don't even adjust the focus. It just stays focused on the plants outside. There were a few focus problems, though, yep. in this movie. Though. It was very, it's like the strangest little, like, like if they had missed the marks, yeah, the focus would have shifted at least. It's just wrong things. But they're focusing on totally different. But it stays on the plants on the, the background. whole time. Not even in the foreground or yeah. midground, the background of the shot. Like we're in the house, and it doesn't say focus on him. It doesn't say focus on the house. It's just focused on the plants outside of the house. Um, but you know that brings up a, a little bit more of a broad observation that I've been making is that what shifted in this mid early two thousands period, because I've been noticing like in a lot of these new movies like Ladder Forty Nine, like A Love Song for Robbie Long, that there are some focus issues mm-hmm. that you didn't normally see in like the eighties or nineties. Yeah. So I, I just wonder what piece of technology was introduced that first ACs were like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. It might be in... I really want to know. I mean, this movie is not shot on digital, I don't believe. Uh, but this is right around the time digital starts becoming a thing. I think there's a lot mm. of new digital tools that are becoming a gotcha. notable. I would love it if we had any... This is also right around the time digital color correction is coming into being. Okay. I'd also say I'd, I'd love if we have any fans who are experts in camera... Mm. Um, who know cameras very well, who knows a very historical sense of cameras. I if, mean, I could, I could hit the wall right now. Well, yeah, <laughs> I know you could. But if anybody, like, knows, um, historically speaking, about cameras, if they can, like, confirm our suspicions. Because yeah. do you feel the same? I feel like I in this early 2000s, there have been a little focus issues yeah. lately that I haven't seen in earlier films in the 80s and 90s. So, yeah. Um, what happens after that? Uh, oh, so he meets he meets he, Edie. He meets Edie. Um, and she's she doesn't seem that distraught about Tommy's death. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was like passed out drinking yeah. at her front back patio. Yeah, and she's she has sunbathing. a tram stamp of Aerosmith's logo. Oh this yeah, this will play in later. Dear um, listener, <laughs> dear listener. <laughs> um. But Chili comes and he's like, you know, without Tommy, I thought I could uh, run the uh, the business with you. The uh, I forgot what the name of it's like NF something NL, the name of their company NLT NLT. NLF? I want to say NFT, but it's not. <laughs> I, I think know, it's right? NLT. Yeah. Um. You know, when aliens find like all this information and they listen, if our podcast is the only thing they can find to relive yeah. human experience, human like history, just know that in for some godforsaken reason in 2021 dear aliens that there was a thing called an nft which was worth a lot of money yeah but non-fungible ha- token but over half the population did not know why yeah. <laughs> i would say over 95 percent of the population did not get it did not get nft like someone's like look at this look at this nft that i bought and they like put it online and i just copy and paste the image and i'm like now i own your nft but apparently it doesn't work that way like it does <laughs> like, but it does it, it just means that they specifically own that image they own, and I'm just copying. They own the code and algorithm within the image, though. Yes. It's different. That proves that they own said image. It, yeah, but it's different than just copy and paste the image. But, like, when you do it, you, it's still, you have the same <laughs> level of... <laughs> I, 
I think I, like I, have I, the hear, I hear what you're saying, Jeff. It's just for some reason NFTs are different. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know either. I couldn't tell you why. Yeah. Just something about the code and algorithm within yes. the image. It's like there's an algorithm within the image that proves that you are the owner of this image. Can you believe we started this podcast like almost a year ago? We're now arguing about NFTs <laughs> <laughs> on a Triple to podcast. Okay. Good shit. Anyway. So the intern shows up. Yes. And she t basically updates uh, Edie and Chili about Tommy's dealings with the Russians, that there was like an insurance scam or something. Mm -hmm. This is another thing I'll say, like in somewhat favor of this movie, that it does very well. One of the things I remember, we be, get short of the episode, we had Kathy and um, Mary Grace on. Yes. And something that I think you and uh, Kathy liked a lot was just how the... 40 different directions this movie went with yes. to get shorty when the intern shows up and starts telling the james wood story i got flashbacks of that with get shorty yeah. which is like wait what like james wood was dealing with the russians yeah. and with like a life insurance scam I'm like what and it was yeah. all, it was like whoa here we go again mm -hmm. so yeah james woods goes involved in some life insurance scam that resulted in him getting killed by the russian mafia in which chili palmer is a key witness yes he's not really treated like a key witness though mm -hmm. I hear the police talking to him that much about. Yeah. But no. So um, we then meet back with the Russians who are deciding they need to kill Chili Palmer. Yeah. Because he saw them. He saw them and could implicate them in this. We then. Great. Cut to uh, a, a, a quiet suburban street. Oh, are we, no, we missed something. What did we miss? We missed something. Uh, we missed uh, Harvey Keitel. Oh, we missed Harvey Keitel. Yeah. Also, that um, when Chili pitches to Edie that he can help her run the company, she says, I don't need help. I built this company. I can run it. And it's like, hell yeah, I'm with her, man. But she still kind of agrees to keep him along as a consultant. Yeah. Chili. Uh, so afterwards, Red Raji. Yeah. I, I, I start writing my notes, Reggie. Uh <laughs> Raji, Vince Vaughn, uh, Black Vince Vaughn. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to call him Black Vince Vaughn. I know it sounds crude, but that's what he wants us to call him. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted us to call him Black Vince Vaughn. Uh, he shows up to the, like, head of another record label. It's his partner. Like, yeah, it's like his partner. Ra Raji and Nick Carr co-run a record label, but it's very clear that Nick is the actual runner. Right. And he just kind of keeps Raji around. And Nick Carr is played by... Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel. Who played yeah. Chili Palmer in the fake movie within a movie. Get and Leo. Get, and get Leo. So there's like two Harvey Keitels walking around in this world. Yes. Yes. I just, I think that's important to point out. Yeah. It's at this point when I say, I write down my notes, get Vaughn out. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> he is committing war crimes by every scene. But they're basically just saying like she's under contract, and then that's when Nick says in the in the you know menacing voice, "Call Joe Loop." Yeah. Uh, who is Joe Loop? Joe Loop is Robert Pastorelli. Robert Pastorelli. <laughs> um, who is a hitman who's always found like a club. He's yes. always eating a sandwich in a club when yep. they call him. It's kind of a funny bit. Yeah, um, yeah. But they, they call him up and they say, we need chili whacked. Yeah. And he's like, fine, I'll do it. Then we get Cedric the Entertainer. Yes. And then we cut to a quiet suburban street. Quiet suburban street. We go into a little house. Cedric the Entertainer. Big just, house. Big who mansion. just looks like a jolly guy. Yeah. Is cooking pancakes for his, his daughter. Yeah. 
Um, We're about to get to a bit that I actually did kind of like. Yeah. And Cedric's great. Um, He is good. Yeah. Cedric is good. Cedric's cooking in this movie. You know, when you told me that, I thought no one's cooking in this movie. But I watched it and it's like, you know, if I had to give anybody credit, I give Cedric a little bit of credit. I also just love that Cedric the Entertainer calls himself Cedric the Entertainer. I'm going to start calling myself Jeff the Entertainer. We got to do something a little more original. Like every film that I... Oh, Jeff the Infuriator. No, Jeff the Entertainer. Like anytime... Jeff the Annoyer. Like when I get my Crudial memo and it says, what do you want to be credited as? I'm going to write Jeff the Entertainer and I will them. Um, Mallory will murder you. Yeah, but we meet... Hi, Mal. Uh, We meet Cedric the Entertainer (laughs) um, playing Sin LaSalle. Sin LaSalle. What a name. Yes. Good name. Yeah. And then we just start hearing... Hip hop song in the distance. Uh, he opens up like his front three door. Three black Humvees. Humvees. Hummers. <laughs> Hummers pull up. Yeah. There's like an old white woman across the street who runs into her house. Like, Hi, Sam. And mm-hmm. this is the beginning of a very good bit in this movie. Yes. I because agree. all three of these Hummers are playing a rap song. Um, and every single time in the rest of this movie that these Hummers pull up, they're playing the exact same section of the exact same rap song. <laughs> and it's a good bit. Every time they roll up, they it's start... Pre- burr, 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 burr. It's <laughs> it pretty start, good. So it's the exact same beat, the exact same lyrics every time they pull around, <laughs> implying that these guys just drive around to listen. Because they're a rap group, the Dub MDs. Like WMD, but Dub MD. Um, Weapons of mass destruction, people. And it implies that they just listen to the exact same section of the exact same track of theirs everywhere they go. Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, Sin comes up to his group and he's like, turn that music down. Like, I yeah. live in the suburbs. Come on. Yeah. And then they're like, well, hey, we uh, we kidnapped the program director. And they're like, what? And then he's like, he's in the trunk. And so... Or what was it? There was a bit there. I forget yeah. what it was. But anyway, they open the trunk, and then there's like the program director of a radio station. Yeah, they kidnapped is in there, and he's like whacking him with a spatula. He's making yeah. the waffles with. He's like, you got to play our music on the radio waves. You got to play our music. <laughs> and then this is one of my favorite bits. His daughter walks out. It's like, hi, dad. Hi, guys. He's like, gentlemen, say hi to my daughter. And like, hi. Yeah. All these like <laughs> tough rap guys turn. Hi. <laughs> How are you? And then, and then she, goes, she steps like, away and they go back go to back beating inside, him up. Go back inside, honey. Then they go back to beating him up. I like that bit. That was pretty good. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, so then, yeah, and then I think we find out that Tommy owed Sin like $300,000. $300,000 for like some kind of producing or. Yeah, or something. something like that. So that sets up a little bit of ten- tension with that. Then we go back to Chili and Et- Edie, and they are. That's This is when. Oh, they, so they meet Linda at a place. Linda's like, this is the only place where they let me play. Because yeah. Chili wants Edie to s- hear Linda play. Yeah. So she shows up. It's a hip-hop, like, dance club. Yeah. But they all calm down so that she can play the piano. And I wrote down Vibe Crusher. Yeah. <laughs> because it's all this, like, very hype, like, hip-hop yeah. dancing. And then, then you just hear, like, the... Then she's just like... And I feel... Snow goes white on the mountain tonight. She the forest to be seen. And it looks like, like a queen. queen. You're welcome, audience. Um, <laughs> so the wind is howling. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. Uh, no, she plays like a piano ballad. Yeah. And Edie likes her her tone. She likes her voice. Yeah. She's like, oh yeah, she could be something. Uh, so 
this is when like you know Edie's talking to Chili. He's like, you know, like she's great, but it costs a lot of money to like get like a, a record going. We got to get a mix and a master and a CDs and all stuff. He's like, well, you know, it would help because earlier we missed this little bit, but it was like when Edie and Chili meet for the first time at Tommy's house. She tells him how she was she was not a groupie for the Aerosmiths. Yeah. She like did their laundry or something. So she has like a connection of some sort. Yeah. So back in the scene with uh Linda's performance when Chili and Edie are talking, Chili's like, well we should get Steven Tyler to endorse her. Yeah. He's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like how do we do that? Uh so Chili puts his plan in motion. Yeah. Uh they go home and we get a call back to a bit from Get Shorty. This is the Russian hitman guy. Yes. Is it the Russian hitman first, or does he meet the WMDs first? I think it's the Russian hitman first. Okay. Because no. when he shows up and there's a dead guy aiming a gun. No, it's it's definitely the WMDs first. I don't think so. Like he doesn't he meet them and they they tell him they need the three hundred thousand. Uh, no, because they show up at the studio. Oh, okay, you're yeah, right. Yeah, they show up at the studio right. later. So Chili goes to his house. Yeah, he goes home. There's a Russian hitman well, sitting on his. First ta- is that thing where he comes in. There's a TV on. Which in the first get oh, in get shorty is what right. they would always do, where like a TV would be on, and someone would come to investigate. There'd be a guy sitting there with a gun pointed at you. Yeah. So Chili goes into his house, um, and he hears a TV, and he goes into his office, and he sees a Russian hitman pointing a gun at him. The Russian hitman does not move. He walks up to him and sees there's a bullet hole in the back of his head. Yeah. Uh, and there's two bullet impacts in the window, implying that someone shot the Russian hitman, a sniper. Right. Chili has no idea what's going on, so he calls right. up. He calls up his one of his boys, and they move. And they just, who is this guy? I have no idea. Who is this guy? Because we see him again multiple times. <laughs> yeah. It's never established how they know each other. It's just like what this, he does for him. It's just like a tough guy. Is who, he on a payroll? He's just a tough guy who Chili hires. What sometimes. job is he under in like the payroll system? Like mm. tough guy number three. Yeah. Like how is he billing his hours? Yeah. <laughs> Chili gives him a flat. He's rate. like going to like the account and be like, "Well, it's like, hey, uh, Johnny, he, he, tough, gets, he gets a guarantee." Johnny, 12. tough guy. I have a, I have a question about your latest uh, time card. It's like, what? It's like, well, it says here, you know, you took your half hour lunch, but then you went back at this time. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened was we stopped at In and Out, and then we we were stocking somebody, and you're like, oh, yeah. okay, that clears it up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So you'll get your check in two weeks. Like, thank you, Linda. Thank you. I, yeah. So, yeah, he helps him with the body. And then we're back with Vince Vaughn, Raji, and The Rock. Yes. And they hear about this hit. And because they it's realize on the newspaper. That Joe Loop hit the Russian he hit the instead Russian. of Chili Palmer. The Russian who was trying to hit Chili Palmer. Yes. Like, this guy has three people coming after him yes. right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's the good stuff in this movie. Yeah. It, it's the Where Chilharm has three different groups all coming after him. They're all somehow whacking each other and getting into fights with each other. Yeah. It's like in a video game or like Halo or something where there's like the two factions that you're fighting and you can somehow convince them to fight each other. Jeff, do you play Halo? Yeah. But like when you have to get to the top of the hill and you're like, ooh, there's some flood there and you throw a grenade and the flood run over and you convince them to fight the uh, the Covenant and they just watch and see what happens. Have you been playing Halo recently? Yes, I've been playing Halo Infinite recently. It's really good. Um so we're not sponsored by Halo. Or yeah, Bungie. we're not sponsored by Microsoft. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we could be if you want us to. Microsoft hit us up. Yeah. So they're in the studio recording with. Yeah. Uh, Linda, like a demo track. Uh, and they very quickly realize they have no money. <laughs> yeah, their their books are empty. Yeah. Uh, Ed opens the books and realizes that there are none. 
Yeah, and so as soon as this happens, Sin and the gang show up. Yeah, Sin and his boys, the Hummer show up, blasting the exact same section of the same track. And I actually kind of like this bit because yeah. this is another Get Shorty callback because John Travolta tells Edie to sit in the seat, don't talk yeah. about the Russians. He kind of don't sets, mention the Russians. And he kind of does the same thing that we mentioned in the Get Shorty episode where he sets up the scene. Yeah. So, which I thought was... For diminishing returns. Yeah. Because the thing about Get Shorty is it's a movie about making a movie. Yeah. And how Chili is making a movie throughout it. This is not... A, this is a movie about making a record album, but he still does the movie bits from the first one, but it never really pays off. Right. Which is a big problem in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so, Sin shows up, and he's asking Edie for the money. Yeah. He's like, we need... Yeah, I need my money. And then, at some point... Chili, who's I don't know what camera angles they were deciding on, but apparently like there was a angle that just randomly shows Chili, like, oh, he's sitting yeah. in a couch behind them. It cuts to Chili and he's like, Yo, Sin, be yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> and Sin is around like, I am cool. I invented cool. Basically. Yeah. So And then Edie freaks out, uh, immediately mentions the Russians and that yeah. their books are empty. And then they start laughing. I liked this bit. Cause they mm -hmm. start laughing and this is a classic bit where like one of the henchmen doesn't stop laughing. Yeah. But then Cedric, the entertainer does a great thing where he's, he just looks at me like chuckles and he stops laughing. Yeah. I thought it was, thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> and so they make a deal. Uh, Chili will get the money by Friday. We'll get them plus, plus the, the vig. vig. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> plus the vig. What is the vig Jeff? It's the interest. Yeah. Owed. Uh, for like what three days, <laughs> right? Um, but he money back plus the big by Friday. Yeah. So now Chili has a deadline yeah. for Friday, and he has seemingly four different operations going on at the same time. Yeah, he's got this bit with the Russians. He's got to get Linda hooked up with Steven Tyler to make her a star to make money. He's so got to produce her album. Got to get Linda out of her contract with Nikki Carr. Yes. He's got to pay Sin and his gang the money. Yeah. A lot of bits going on. A lot going on. Like Get Shorty. Yes. So I also run my notes at this point. Vince Vaughn should be arrested. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wrote down in my notes, Vince must be stopped, <laughs> underlined. Because this is the scene where we get where it's uh, Elliot driving Raji around. Yes. And Raji's just giving him one too many gay jokes yes. that I myself can be comfortable with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until eventually... Dwayne Johnson like veers the car around gets out and starts trying to beat up Raji yeah and Raji is like telling him to come down yeah for the most fucking dumb way possible yes I'm not gonna do it I'm not it's gonna so his voice. horrible yeah it's very racist uh, well I mean like how has Vince not been canceled for this yes. I mean what does Vince Vaughn do after this movie enough <laughs> too much too much he should have been canceled so he does Be Cool, and then he's in... Oh, he does Wedding Crashers the same year as this. And when does he do the breakup with Jennifer Aniston? The next year. He does the breakup. My sister's going through Then the year after that, it's Into the Wild, Dude. Fred Claus. Fred Claus is a good movie. Don't have Couples me. Retreat. Fred Claus features Kevin Spacey in the strangest role ever. Um, it's a good movie. Don't at me. Oh, God. Fred Claus is pretty good. I d it does have John Michael Higgins as... Um, uh, who does it have, who, uh, who have a Santa Claus in? Paul Giamatti, who's great in it. Yeah. Paul Giamatti's great in that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know what? What? It's a good movie. Good actor. Fred Claus is a good movie. You're trying to do a me bit right now. No, it's actually a pretty good movie. Oh, God. Ludacris <laughs> also plays an elf in that, right? That's a thing? Yep. Okay. 
Oh, you know what does happen in Fred Claus? <laughs> what happens in Fred Claus? Fred Claus has the strangest scene ever. What scene? It's where, like, he goes to, like, an AA meeting. Fred. But it's for siblings of famous people. And it's, like, Fred Claus is there, played by Vince Vaughn. And he's sitting with Frank Stallone, Roger Clinton, and Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> I fucking love that. It's so strange. I love it's it. It's like Bill Clinton's brother, Stallone's brother, um, Alec Baldwin's brother. I'll just sit in there like, I, I remember one million, million bail. We was brothers and then he became president. <laughs> it's so strange. Anyway, that's enough about Fred Claus. Less about Vince Vaughn, the better. Back to the movie. Uh, Yeah, eventually Vince convinces Elliot or Dwayne to stop trying to hit him yes um and they get back in the car yeah uh chili visits nick Carr. yes talks about linda's contract says she needs to get out of it yeah nick says no and uh he says we gotta we gotta make sure the joe loop whacks him and he sends roger to go talk to joe loop and so raji does go talk to joe he calls joe loop he's in another club eating us another sandwich and they start talking, and he's about, all right, well, I needed more, another five grand for a second hit. He's like, what do you mean? You didn't yeah. do the first hit. He's like, he's oh, like, I did a hit, just the wrong guy. Just the wrong guy. So yeah. I need the money. So they're out in the parking lot. Yeah, they meet him in a parking lot. And Joe starts choking. Yeah. But then and he on falls. On a ham sandwich. And then he falls on the ground. And then that's when Raji takes the baseball bat that they got, like, earlier. Yeah. It's like a ruby red baseball bat. Yeah. A metal red baseball bat. Not a, it's not a wooden one. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a it's an aluminum one. And he uh beats Joe Loop to death. Which, by the way, anybody knows if you're trying to buy a baseball bat to actually hit somebody with, you buy a softball bat. Get Yeah, don't they don't get fucking d- Doesn't real. Joe Loop make fun of them? Yeah, they make fun of them. Before he dies. He's supposed to get a wooden bat. He's like, you need a wooden bat if you want to threaten someone. A metal bat's not gonna do anything. But they end up killing Joe Loop with the metal one anyway, so I guess jokes on him. Yeah. <laughs> so Joe Loop dies. Uh as well as Robert Pastorelli after yeah. this film. Ooh. Raji and Elliot uh, take the body and apparently dump it in Griffith Park. It's immediately discovered the next morning. Because <laughs> it's Griffith Park. <laughs> yeah. And because they, they talk to uh, the, um, the next day, um, Chili goes to, where does he, he goes to that pawn store. Oh, he talks to his uh, he talks to his guy, his boy again, like his tough guy. Well, no. So there's a bit we missed the main bit before. Yeah, before the pawn shop, oh, it's God. Chili and Edie at the club. Yeah, they go to a club. What do they do at the club? They dance. <laughs> what what do, they, what do they dance to? They do the fucking dance from Pulp Fiction. To what? I can't remember the song. To the Black Eyed Peas. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like not just the black eyed peas but it is the actual black eyed peas it is the actual black like eyed peas up there she's up there yeah will i am <laughs> every time i forget that he actually went by will, will I, I am it makes me so happy when i remember and who was the fucking piano player dude i don't this I don't know the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> well, I don't even think he was the Black yeah, Eyed well, Peas. They, da- they dance. Oh, yeah. Iron, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Sergio Mendez. Uh, 
because he he's like I only like Joey's like I only like the black eyed peas when they start touring with Sergio Mendez. I wrote down my notes. No, no, <laughs> no. They're dancing. <laughs> and I wrote Travolta Thurman dancing. Why did we need that? During the during while you were watching them, you sent me a picture of yourself, a gas saying the bastardation of the Pulp Fiction scene, the audacity. I can't. Yeah, it was a pretty awful. You're you seem disturbed. I was disturbed mm-hmm. because we didn't need it. I mean, like the whole point about the Pulp Fiction dance is the fact that. Uh. Vince Vega can't be too suave and too charismatic yeah. with Mia or else he's going to get whacked. But if he doesn't show a good enough time to Mia, yeah. he's going to get whacked. So there's a tension in it. So there's a tension in it. This just exists. By the way, she also just did cocaine in the bathroom yeah. too. This dancing exists in this movie just to remind you of that dancing. Exactly. It's like, remember when they remember that? Only they're doing it to the black guy fucking peas. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> the black guy peas. Um, burn it, burn okay. it to the ground. So that's when Chili and his boy, tough guy, his tough guy, tough guy number three, tough guy, and him meet up. Roger El- like Roger Ellington, and he's like, "I've been following the the Russians, and they operate out of this pawn shop." Yep. So Chili goes into this pawn shop, punches one guy, yeah, and then another, he fights another guy, and then he just tells him, "Hey, next time you try to shoot me, don't miss." Yeah, and then he leaves, mm-hmm. like. Talk about the the essence of like a dude just walks into a Russian mafia center, yeah, takes a fat, juicy, wet dump on their yeah. front porch and leaves yeah. unscathed. And he walks out, and the place is surrounded by undercover cops. Yeah, uh, and two of them pull up. Who is the people who questioned him in the first scene of the movie after Tommy's death? Yeah. And they're like, this guy Joe Loop was found dead in Griffith Observatory. We have, we have a specific uh, description of the guys who dumped him. One of them was wearing a pimp hat, and one had an afro. It's like, I wonder who those could be. Yeah. Um, very clearly, Raji and Elliot, um, and Chili picks that up pretty quick. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Lakers game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chili and Eddie they sit with Steven Tyler. Yeah. Who's in this movie? Steven Tyler's in this movie. Yeah. Um, and so then, oh God, we get an intercut scene with Harvey Keitel rapping. Do we? He said he does some dumb fucking. Oh rap bit. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he does some weird ass rap bit. He's like, we, the Russians, and we. Are go-. He does some rap Don't about how try it. he and the Don't Ru- even try about it. he and the Russians want the same thing so they can work together. You and me want Chile. Yes. Something like Something that. Something like that. Uh, and it's so, like, cringy. So we're back at the Lakers game, yeah. and they're talking to Steven Tyler, and they're, they're oh, yeah. showing him Linda's demo. Danny DeVito's at the Lakers game. Yeah. Uh, playing the Jack Nicholson bit in the Kiss Cam. Yeah. And Edie's like, oh, do you think Steven will remember me? So they sit down next to him, and Steven Tyler's immediately like, hey, Linda, or hey, Edie, I remember hey. you. Do you still got that tattoo? And she does. Yeah. Um, so he remembers her. Yeah. And so they hang out, he plays them the track and he's like, that's some good stuff, man. But you know, surely I know your movie. Guy. I'm not the type of musician who pops up in movies, which pause. He had already done that <laughs> before this movie. Steven Tyler. That's had, the bit. I know. That's the bit is that he is that kind of musician. Yeah. It's a dumb bit. Yeah. 
It's a good bit. It's a, no, it's, it's a dumb bit. It's a bad bit. Mm, kind of a good bit. It's a horrible bit. So then, th- then there's another terrible bit, and that is, like, I'm not sure if, like, you know, if if this girl, like, she's got a good voice, but, like, does she have it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then Chili Palmer's like, why did you write Sweet Emotion? Yeah. And then he's like, well, you see, when we were writing Toys in the Attic, like, I just felt this, like, heavy feeling you know, come over me this high. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to write about that. Chili's like, nah, that ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chili proceeds to tell him why Steven Tyler wrote one of his own fucking songs. Yeah. Chili explains to Steven Tyler that the song that he wrote was about his daughters. He's like, well, I don't know, Chili. They were really little at the time. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, but that emotion you felt for your kids, that's yeah. why you wrote Sweet Emotion. And, and somehow that. I was like, I never thought about it like that. And you're like, right, man. I, and are you fucking telling me Chili Palmer is explaining to Steven Tyler what Sweet Emotion is about? Yeah, that's oh what the movie wants you to believe. It does. It really does. Uh, so Steven Tyler changes his mind. Yeah. Uh, they go back to Eddie Edie's house. Elliot's there yes. with the baseball bat. Yes. Uh, he tr- takes a swing at Chili. Misses. Chili immediately grabs the bat from him. Yeah. And he's like, "What are you doing, man?" Yeah. And he's like, "Well, you never called me about the audition." He's like, I got a monologue prepared and everything. Yeah. He does a monologue from the movie Bring It On. Yeah, but he plays both characters. He plays scene. both female characters Yeah, about how they're going to win the championship. And he does the and scene bit. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, like, well, maybe you should do like, you know, monologues typically tend to be performed by one person, yeah. not two. And maybe you should do like a monologue that's spoken from a man's perspective. Yeah. And that's like, okay, okay, okay. okay. And then he says, says, I'll give you a call. And he's like, and he does the eyebrow thing one more time. Like, oh, so good. So so good. Oh, the eyebrow thing. I got to say, when they first walk in, they're doing the TV bit again where there's a TV on. Yeah. It's playing the Rocks music video. Which, the Rocks music video, uh, what what is it? It's him in a cowboy costume. And what song is he singing? I don't know. I think it's like some Dolly Parton. Cotton Eye Joe. Something. It's like (laughs) Dolly Parton or something. Imagine the Rocks singing Cotton Eye Joe. That would be something. That would be something. Uh, so Nick then talks to the Russians and that's when he's telling him like, Hey, you and I want the same thing. We're not so different. You and I, so he gives them, so his plan is that he's going to give Chili a, a ticket. Um, he's going to give Chili a ticket to the pawn shop where he says that Linda's contract is being held. Right. And then Chili's going to go to the Russian pawn shop and hand in the ticket and get the contract, but then the Russians are going to whack him or something there? It makes... I don't... I can't remember exactly how it plays out, but Chili gives it to the cops. And so the cops go in. Yeah. Which leads the Russians to believe that Nick Carr is working with the cops. So then... uh, Then at this point, uh, Nick apparently fucking kidnapped Linda or some shit like that or Raji kidnapped Linda or some shit and he's like, I'm going to force her to perform at this show. Yeah. And he's like, oh. And, and then Chili, Chili shows up and says, nah, you're not going to perform this show. Yeah. You're going to perform with Aerosmith. She's yeah. like, oh my God, okay. And then they let her fucking leave. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just leave. <laughs> like, why is Chili Palmer not gotten whacked? Yes. It makes no goddamn sense. They're playing all the signs against each other. Oh, right. And so. A Sin and Company show up again to confront Chili. Well, they just, run into them outside of a. Uh, and it's more of a reminder bit. Yeah, like tomorrow's the day. 
it's a really good bit. Because like they just happen to run into Sin and the Boys. And they're all standing there with shopping bags. They see Chili Palmer and they all drop their bags in unison. <laughs> yeah, that's a good bit. And uh, Cedric is just like, uh, you know, me and the boys are down here getting some Mongolian barbecue. Some Mongolian barbecue. When we happen to see your your ride here. And Chili says like the Cadillac Evolvers again. Yeah. And since like you got one day, let's go boys. And they all pick up their bags in unison and walk off. And they're playing the exact same track again. Very good. So now Chili's next step in pitting all these guys against each other is the Russians think that Nick's working with the cops. Yeah. Um, and, and then Raji and Elliot, after they had just lost Linda again. Yeah. Now they think Nick's the problem. Yes. So then they call Sin. Yes. While he's picking up his daughter. And Raji doesn't think that Sin knows who it is. So yeah. he just tells him that Nick is going to take the $300,000 that Chili owes yeah. you. So you should take out Nick. And, and then but Sin immediately Sin, figures out who's who's calling. Yeah, because he calls the number back, and he's like, this is Raji. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the one good Vince Vaughn bit in this <laughs> Yeah. So Sin knows that it's Raji. Yeah. Uh, so... Sin and his gang show up to Nick's office. Yes. Uh, and uh, they take Raj and dangle him off the side of the skyscraper. And then the Russians show up. Yes. And then we get a couple inwards thrown out. Yeah, the Russians call S- Sin's like, we were here for, we were the first to intimidate here. And like this argument breaks it's out like, about, n- like about who gets to kill uh, Nick and Raji. Yeah. And the Russian calls in the hour. I want to say this Russian looks a lot like old Elon Musk. Yeah, he, he does. He looks a lot like Elon he Musk. He does, doesn't he? He really does. Yeah. Um, And so Cedric actually has a very good monologue. Yeah, he does. Um, explaining how no matter what like black Americans do for culture in America, they're constantly belittled and insulted. And it's actually very powerful. Cedric does it very well. Uh, but it ends up resulting in him just killing the Russian leader. Yeah. Um, and that's that. And they let Nick and Raji go. Yes. Uh, they send Sin to Chile. Mm-hmm. And so there, and then it's the Aerosmith concert. Yes. Linda sings a song with Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. Just a concert scene. Yeah. Uh, she's Chile, now a star. Yeah. Chile and Edie kiss because um, they've been having sexual tension throughout the entire movie. Mm. Of course. Yes. Then they sleep together. They sleep together. They're in bed together, and then there's a TV flying. We get the TV playing yeah. a bit. So Chili goes down, and it's Sin and the Dub MDs. Guns cocked. Guns cocked, and they're ready to they're ready to take him out. Yeah. So then Chili's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You can shoot me, but before you do, just listen." And then he sh- and he shows. But rather than listening, you think it's going to be he has something to say. He then shows we just cut him. to Uma coming down the stairs, and he's playing Linda's track for them. Yeah. And Sin's like, this girl's got it. He's like, I'll forget about the 300,000, but let me produce this track. Yeah. Or let me produce this album. It's at this point I write down, this movie does not end. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's now dealt with the Russians and he's dealt with Sin. Yeah. Now it's just Raji. And Nick. So we cut to, Raji comes to Elliot's place. Elliot's not there. Yeah. Elliot, a.k.a. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And he has a voicemail and and it's chilly. Nick, like, Nick tells Raji to kill Chili. Yeah, and so uh, 
Chili's voicemail leaves a voicemail on Elliot's machine, offering him an, an audition. audition with Nicole Kidman. Yes. Uh, we come to this place yeah, Tuesday. Dream. Yeah, Tuesday. Heartbreak feels good in, in a place like this. Uh, so, Sarah, have you been to an AMC theaters recently? No. Ooh. To the audience at home. Stuart and I are seeing the new Spider-Man movie after this recording today. When this episode comes out, it would have this, been two This weeks, is three. possibly Stuart's... This seems like this is going to be Stuart's first experience with Heartbreak Feels Good in a Place Like This. Though I have heard they changed it for the... We'll see. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, we'll, we'll, you'll see. Uh, all right. Let me just say that AMC Theaters has, has, has a new feature. Uh, a new thing that uh, is the talk of the town online. Anyway. Anyway. So Raji uh, deletes that voicemail. Yeah. So then Silly, Sin, and Chili. Yes. <laughs> produce uh, Linda's album. Sounds great. And then it's like, all right, well, how, we, who are we going to get to do the music video? Yeah, we need a music and video. then Chili offers a name. He's like, oh, we can't get him to he, do it. It's like, Chili says we got to get Shotgun. Yeah. And he's and like, oh, we like, can't no get way. Shotgun. Shotgun does all the big stuff. And Chili's like, he was a PA for me on Get Leo. I can get him. Cut to Seth, Seth Green, Green, which is like, oh, wow, this movie was the early 2000s. <laughs> it really dates itself yeah. when it casts Seth Green in it. Yeah, when, when Seth Green pops up in a movie, you're like, oh, this was made between 1999 and 2005. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> which, what? Like, Seth Green's still doing stuff, but like... What? Is he? But what? Yeah, but like... I, I be- genuinely believe that a portal opened up in 2005. Seth Green stepped through and it has not been heard of since. He's still voicing Chris and Family Guy. He's still... Vo- yeah. Chris and Family Guy. Um, I mean, he was in the Mass Effect games. He, I'm looking up his recent like he voiced Howard the Duck in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's doing a lot of voice acting roles and a lot of himself and small cameo roles. Regardless, Seth Green basically walked off the face of the earth in like 2005. I want to do a character study on Seth. Green. He had that run. Does he have any scandals? Scandals, uh, not on uh, his Wikipedia, which means he's totally innocent of everything. Yeah, never done anything. But um, basically, he has a run from like Austin Powers one through movies like Josie and the Pussycats, Rat Race, Italian Job, Austin Powers two and three, Scooby Doo two, and then through this, it's basically like he is the guy for that time. He's on Mad TV, that '70s show. Yeah, uh, and then he just gets into voice acting, and we never see him again. So then, Seth Green's this music video director. Yes. Uh, while this shoot is going on, uh, Nick, Raji, and Elliot show up at the set, mm-hmm. and they stick up Chili and Edie, and Nick wants Linda's contract back. And so Nick says, you can go find Linda's contract at this place. And she hands up the pawn shop ticket. He's like, what's this? He's like, we thought it'd be a neat little callback. Yeah. It's not not a good bit. It's not a good bit. So now it's just uh, Elliot and Raji, and they're about to shoot uh, Chili and Edie. And then Chili's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you can say goodbye to your audition. And Elliot's like, what do you mean? It's like, I left you a voicemail. He's like, no, you didn't. I don't have any messages. Like, check your second phone. Check your yeah. cell. And he's like, I, I never, which, oh, we never mentioned this bit. Yeah. There apparently was a bit throughout the entire movie where Elliot doesn't know how to check the voicemails on his cell yeah. phone. And then Edie shows him how. And he listens, listens to, the, to the voicemail. And it's the audition. Finds out Raji was lying to him. Yeah. So then 
He goes Elliot after Raji. He goes after Raji, shoots, misses, but something catches on fire and it spreads and it catches Vince Raji. Vaughn on fire. So we get Vince Vaughn in on fire, crouched in flame, running into the music video. Would you set. say he is Tallahassee grilled or Kentucky fried? <laughs> Uh, he's looking like, like that. Yeah. You like that setup? Do you yeah. like that setup? So he runs in. Did you like it? I did. Okay, I did. good. <laughs> and so Vince Vaughn runs in the music video, and everyone thinks it's a part of the music video. Uh, he becomes famous for that. Yep. Meanwhile, the last bit is settled. And I write down, make it stop. <laughs> Vince is seemingly killed by this as well. Um, but the final bit, Nick Carr goes to the pawn shop to get the contract, hands over the ticket. The Gets Russians hand him a package. The metal bat. Yeah. And the cops show that up. That killed Joe Loop, and the cops show up and arrest Nick Carr for killing Joe Loop. Convenient. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then we cut a few months in the future. Uh, but the MTV Music Awards. Yes. Um, well, the, oh, Linda does a concert first, and someone makes a special appearance in the concert. Does she? Yeah. It's Dwayne The Rock Johnson as a Samoan dancer. Well, no, that's at the Music Video Awards. It's before the awards ceremony. Is it okay? She performs yeah. at the MTV Music Video Awards. Yes, and we get she, Dwayne the Rock Johnson as a Samoan. Yeah, he appears dancer. as a Samoan dancer, um, still with the afro, but yeah. he dances in her music video and yeah. at the performance. Chili, uh, yeah, me too. Chili man. gives her a hug and she's like, "He believed in me." In a speech, and everyone applauds Chili Palmer, and it ends with Chili and Edith leaving, and they drive off from the Music Video Awards. As they're driving off, they pan up. And there's a, a big poster for a movie called, I, I don't know. Oh, it's called like uh, Samoan Adventure or something. It stars The Rock and Nicole Kidman. And that's the end of the movie. That's be cool. And that's what I write down. Thank God it's over. In big, bold letters. He did. He really did, folks. Okay. So that is Be, be cool. cool. All right, Jeff. What did you got for post text? So this movie comes out. Uh, is not well received. Right. Generally, everyone pretty much says, like, the first movie ran and this one walks. Like, it crawls, even. Like, it's it's tepid. It doesn't have any of the, like, the, the flame or originality of the first one. doesn't feel particularly interesting. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a success, critically. Mm-mm. Uh, it is not really a success commercially. The budget for this movie is questionable. Really? Like, questionable. It is listed as being somewhere between fifty-three and seventy-five million dollars to make this movie, which is a big range. Well, well, well. I would probably guess on the higher end just because yes. of the named actors. Yes, I mean the, when, the Rock when you Johnson see a range like that, it's generally like it's the higher end of it. Your 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 heavy hitters are your Kaitel. Ky, I mean, the Rock Travolta. was still cheap. At this point. Rock was still cheap, but you still had Vince Vaughn, yeah. who was probably still bankable. You had Uma Thurman, who was. Yeah. Di- this is after Kill Bill, right? Yeah. So right after Kill Bill. Yeah, she's got to be bankable, right? Yeah. So, so it's got a lot of big names. So this was an expensive movie. It only makes $95 million. So, yeah. It makes less than Get Shorty for a higher budget. Yeah. So not great. It comes out in March, too, which is like just not a sign of confidence in this movie. Right. It's kind of a dumping ground, uh, especially for a movie of this type. Like I said, F. Gary Gray likes to to blame the R rating or the lack it's, of R rating, and I'm like, not. that's not like this movie could have an R rating, could have had a lot of F bombs or whatever, and that yeah. wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Lame. Lame. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, well, I already did the hair ranking. Yeah. Um, I pretty much have said my piece on it. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a disappointing movie. Uh, another disappointing step for Travolta in this era of straight disappointing steps. Uh, and I've already asked you this before, but remind me again. After we're gonna do a documentary after this, mm-hmm. uh, which should be you know a, a cakewalk, or yeah. or or a moonwalk. Oh, whoa! Oh! Yeah, like, we'll like be that. like that. Yeah, so that's ba- I really don't have anything else to say on Be Cool either. But I, I, I what well, I was getting to is after this moonwalk documentary yeah. that we're doing. What's after this? Yeah, after this, uh, next week. You folks have a magnificent episode to listen to. It might be a little desolate. Is this the fastest we've come to an ending after discussing a movie? I think so, just because I don't... I mean, besides post-text, I don't have yeah, much so discussion. This doesn't do anything for his well, career. Well, no, I, I do want to talk about one quick thing, but what's the movie this, after The Magnificent Desolation? Yeah, next week, we'll be talking about Magnificent Desolation, Walking on the Moon, 3D yeah, Experience, yeah, yeah. IMAX Experience. What's after that? Lonely Hearts. Okay. I don't know anything about Lonely Hearts. Was I, well, we'll talk about that later. What's after yeah. Lonely Hearts? After Lonely Hearts is Wild Hogs. Wild Hogs. Okay, so okay, all right. Real quick thing to some my sort of thoughts things yeah. up. Little discussion to take us out is uh, we've been talking about these retreat movies. Yeah, and I feel like that you can't get any more retreat than this movie. Yes, and so the movies he does afterwards are like kind of just throw They're, some. I mean, throw something at wall, see if he's yes. He's yes. gonna give up on retreating and try and just forge a new path. Throw whatever's at the wall and see if it sticks. Yeah, well, I don't know what lonely. I've never seen lonely. The hearts. next few years we have to deal with are a gangster movie. That that's lonely hearts. Yeah, like a road trip dad comedy. Wild hogs. Um, a musical. Which and a Disney anime. The road film. trip, uh, dad movie is like perfect in the sense that it all four actors in that are dad actors are dad actors and they're all at the same washed up point in their career <laughs> i'm so excited to talk about wild hogs right, like listen you got tim allen who besides he's smuggling he's, cocaine in the 80s yeah this is well after that he's a new yeah. man <laughs> voting for trump now be, be okay uh besides toy story and he's i no, remember back when men were allowed to be men he's not he's not doing home improvement anymore no. So like I don't know what he's really doing besides and he's a Santa Claus movies, Toy Story and Santa Claus movies. Yeah, that's about that's, all that Tim it. Allen that's has for him. Allen. Uh William H. Macy is like still the supporting side yeah. character guy that he was in, like yeah. in the movie Sahara with Matthew McConaughey and the civil action with John Travolta. Yeah. He's he's a side he's a supporting character. That's all William H. Macy's really mm-hmm. known for at this time era. Martin Lawrence, this is during or after Bad Boys explosion. Yeah. And then, oh, this is well after Bad Boys too. Yeah, and then you get John Travolta. Yeah, who it it. We, you know, we're gonna talk about this movie and like we're gonna talk about this movie. I just have so many yeah. thoughts. Like, don't let's not get too hard of ourselves. Yeah, yeah you're right, right. But uh, my ultimate thing was like, yes, everything after this movie, be cool. I would almost classify no more as a retreat movie. Yeah, this but is as the a, end of his retreat attempts. It's almost like everything after this is now throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, this is desperate trying to like yeah find a new avenue and i don't and he finds a new avenue which is not the what he was looking for well and i i'm you know there are some case episodes that we've done where at the end of the at the end of the episode we think this could have been a good movie if you know some small tweaks here and there i don't know how this movie would have been good if you had barry sonnefeld it was more like it shorty 
I mean, yeah, it would have been good for you and good for that's audience. I just, I was never in the get shorty realm. It just mm. wasn't my movie. Yeah. It's, this is like, I respect get shorty. It just, it is like just not a movie for me. Yeah. Unfortunately, which is fine. Totally fine. Respect it for people who do like it. Like you like how I like love song for Bobby mm. Long. I like that you like get shorty. Yeah. So, great movie. Great movie. Not this movie. Yeah. Anyway, that's, uh, like I said, next week you folks have the 2005 IMAX documentary, <laughs> uh, Magnificent Desolation, Walking on the Moon 3D to look forward to. A 45-minute documentary you can watch online, narrated by Tom Hanks, about the moon landing. Where Morgan Freeman voices Neil Armstrong. He does. Not problematic. Uh, yeah. No, it's, wait, it's weird. Um, <laughs> but you folks have that to look forward to next week. Yeah. Anyway, as always... Please remember to rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Find us at TravoltingPod on Twitter or Instagram. Email us at TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Stuart Elmer 95. And as always, special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design, Michael Van Bodeco Smith for our theme music, and Nicole Johnson for our social media. All right. Thank you, folks. Be cool. cool.